Hello and welcome to Organic Life, a podcast for those interested in eating and living in a healthier, more sustainable way. My name's Matthew and on this episode we're talking all about the importance of food and diet with nutritional therapist Carrie Temple of Strive. And a good starting point is that word diet itself. Many modern diets revolve around weight loss and focus on counting and restricting calories. But how natural is that? And is the human body's relationship with calories just a basic maths equation? If we do look at weight loss, for example, is it simply that you need to burn more calories than the amount you've eaten? If so, that would mean that all calories are equal regardless of whether they've come from a plate of broccoli or something like a fudge donut. So let's kick off our conversation with Carrie right here then. Is it simply all about the calories? Um, not at all and I think with anything in life there's good and the bad and you can always make choices to choose the good or the bad um, with calories you know there's some high calorie foods that are very nutritious for you um, so you know you can compare a bar of chocolate to an avocado for instance you know and they may equate similarly to calories but from a nutritional value they're very very different your bar of chocolate or you know is it's empty calories so it has no nutritional value in actual fact that the sugar to process the sugar uses up a lot of vitamins vitamins and minerals to process within the body um, but if you take your avocado for instance got you know lots of magnesium it's fiber it's essential fats it's vitamin e so there's lots of um on top of that you've got other nutritional components as well so Yes, they may equate to similar calories, but if you look at the nutritional value and what they will actually contribute to the body, so your essential fats are required for a healthy nervous system and supports immune function and reduces inflammation, your bar of chocolate will kind of contribute and, and exacerbate those problems within the body. Okay, we can still eat one bar of chocolate, but when someone's eating one or two bars of chocolate every day, that's where you've got to look at it, the much bigger picture. Um, it's not that having one bar of chocolate is going to cause you... a, a your health to diminish but if you're having something like that every day incorporating it in with a high fat nutrient depleted diet that's what you've got to look at um i commonly get you know individuals in the clinic and they they want to lose weight and that is their their main focus and that is for a lot of people and understandably however if you actually look, switch it around and don't worry about the calories, but look at the, the, the value that that food can give to you. So how it can support health rather than deplete health or, um, you know, you want to feed the body the, the nutritious food to give it what it needs. It doesn't just run on calories. It runs on vitamins and minerals. It runs on complex carbohydrates. It runs on proteins and fats, you know, to build and repair and give the body energy. So it's we are a society that look at calories, but as I say, they're not all equal and quite often with clients try and get them to look at food slightly differently and look at the the value that that food can give you from a health point of view um, rather than looking at the calories what about uh, you talked about fats there again you know people think to themselves like if i if i eat fat i'll get fat uh-huh. um and then going back to i think it was maybe about the 50s or 60s the the, the government basically said like eat bread eat um you know six meals a day cereals breads wheats um and fats were basically they seemed to be demonized but is is that justified at all um, i think they're now starting to change the way that the information is, is changing and they're starting to, you know, all these health conditions that they thought were being caused by 
saturated fats or a high fat diet, they're actually getting worse, even though we're a diet, we're a society that's terrified of eating fat and everything's all about low fat. But certainly processed food, when you reduce the fat and things or these low fat products, they often have extra sugar or extra sweeteners. So it's kind of just coming at the problems there. It's just coming in at a slightly different angle. Um, whereas fats are very beneficial for us obviously within moderation and looking at the right fats you've got your omega-3s you know you don't want to have too much saturated fat but some saturated fat can actually be beneficial to our health um again it's in moderation and it's like anything in life too much of anything can you know go to the other side go to the other the other end of the problem um so it's finding that balance and looking at foods again slightly differently we've been programmed to be terrified of fats but the brain's made of fat every single cell in the body has a fatty outer layer so if we're not giving the body the good fats to repair itself that's when other conditions and other things start to have a problem you know having good levels of omega-3s are actually anti-inflammatory for some so for people who suffer pain it can be a real you know maybe they are having more saturated fats than they should and maybe they could be in some more healthy fats so it's, it's not about being scared of fats but using them to work in your favor for a lot of people the guilt of eating that kebab or drinking those pints at the weekend can be worked off on the treadmill on a monday obviously there's times where you're going to eat or drink something that isn't very healthy but if you continue to eat poorly on a daily basis can you really offset that in the gym in the long run no, you can't really out-exercise a bad diet, to be fair. Um, obviously, you want to fuel your body through that exercise and get the most out of it. Um, it's actually becoming more recognised now that actually, you know, looking at athletes and, and, and sports fanatics and people that are just very keen in sports, if you, you can actually eat, if you eat a slightly better diet or start making changes to that diet, you can actually train less and get better results. Again, going back to the calories, not all calories are equal. Um, you still want to fuel your body, you want to fuel, fuel your metabolism, so metabolism, for instance, take your thyroid into consideration or energy. You know, it's not just about putting carbohydrates into the body. It is about giving the body the right proteins to make thyroid hormone to allow your metabolism to function. Vitamins and minerals to convert certain hormones to allow your metabolism to work. Energy, ATP, it's not just a case of taking in glucose and turning it into energy. You need lots of B vitamins and magnesium and alpha-lipoic acid. So by eating a varied diet, you know, lots of colour on your plate, the complex carbohydrates and quality protein over um, fish and chips and pizza, yes, you're filling a hole in your tummy, but you're not actually giving your body the components to give, get the best out of your training session. So yes, anybody can go to the gym, anybody can have a workout, but if you want to get the best out of it and feel yourself in the best way and recover and repair in the best way, you need to give your body what it needs. Um, you know, your, your car, if your car's a, a petrol, it won't run on diesel. You know, it, it has, it will have a knock-on effect eventually. Um, and, you know, you look at people who are training for a particular so I've, I've had quite a few clients in recently who are training for fights um they're doing you know their their mma that kind of thing you know they they have to lose to, to fit into the, the weight category they've got to lose you know a number of uh kilos prior the 24 hours before the fight and they're looking at extreme diets and you know it if they're doing it right on the run-up, they shouldn't have to do those extremes. Um, and again, their recovery, or sorry, going back, the 24 hours between their weigh-in to the fight, because they've had their weigh-in, they go nuts. They'll maybe go, oh, I'll just have a KFC. You know, have some, they've been craving something because they've been training so hard and kind of 
not giving their body what they've wanted. Um, they've went away and had, you know, a KFC or a pizza or something. It's like, well, actually, to get your body through that fight, what you should be doing is, you know, maybe some smoothies and giving the body what it really needs. You're actually hindering the body's ability by giving it those kind of things. And the same with the recovery. Instead of just going away and eating uh, donuts and again, you know, pizzas and takeaways and things because that's what their body's craving. If they actually do it gently and actually give the body the chemical components, the vitamins and minerals, the body shouldn't crave quite the same. Um, so, you know, you want to be having things like chicken and fish and salads and getting those components back into the body so the body can recover itself. Um, the extreme measures might get you through, but long term, you will like, you will feel the negative effects of that do you think that's why like so many people struggle with their weight because you know they'll go to their conventional doctor their gp and be told or they'll go online and be told like just eat less exercise more it maybe you know puts all their stressors up and uh, they're constantly hungry and you've only got so much willpower don't you so you're, you're destined to fail long term if you try that aren't you? yeah absolutely i mean there's a lot of commercial diets out there or diet sort of programs that they're not realistic they're not long term they are for quick results and whilst that can be great for some people but if you're doing that regularly the body really just goes into a bit of a panic it really stresses the body out and that's where some people who've done yo-yo dieting for instance get to a point where they just don't they can't lose weight or they get the plateau and it's not going any way it's not going up it's not going down and it's kind of the body losing its trust in you you know the body's going well if you're going to starve me for the next week to allow you to lose a bit of weight we're going to hold on to energy we're going to tire you out we're going to make you tire so your body just doesn't function quite as well as you would like it to um or if, you know again i see clients who come in they've done this diet that diet and they're like every time i've went on a diet i've been exhausted i've been tired i've ended up coming down with colds and flus and just feeling really run down and 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 some people actually actually feel quite depressed because of it because they feel like they go into sort of deprivation I can't have calories I have to kind of starve myself and from a nutritional therapy perspective it's absolutely not about starving yourself it's certainly not about going hungry it's about giving the body what it needs at that moment so if someone's low mood or low energy you give the body the components that it needs to to get it through that so if your body has everything it needs it shouldn't really crave anything um you want to feed your metabolism so you can actually lose weight so it's feeding the thyroid getting up and doing energy and exercise moving about so again it's coming in at different aspects it's not just about calories in calories out it's not just about deprivation it's you know it's about learning good habits it's about looking at the body as a whole and it's not just it's not even just food in food out it's looking at that person from you know you've got to look at genetics exercise stressors just looking at their life as a whole, um, there's no one fix. But these diets that focus on, it's all weight loss. It's not about optimal health. Yeah. Um, so if the body's optimally healthy, it'll find its way. If that makes sense. A mm. couple of things from that. Uh, if you starve yourself a lot, does that actually make your metabolism slow down and try and hold on to fat? So in the long term, it could be quite counterproductive even for a weight loss point of view. Yeah, absolutely. So um, again, going back to feeding the body and giving it the components it needs, if you suddenly go into just that, you know, if you're not getting what you want, you're going to hold on to something. If you feel it sort of slipping away, if you like, the 
and doing it once wouldn't have such such a massive negative effect but there's a lot of individuals who have dieted for years they feel like they've been on a diet all their life but what they'll do is they'll go crazy monday to friday and completely you know deprive themselves so they get to weekend and they go oh, never mind i'm just gonna eat what i want because well i only lost a pound anyway but actually you've got to go through the process but actually if you're given the body if you're not depriving yourself through the week and you are still having the odd treat if you like you're still um but breakfast lunch and dinner is giving your body lots of vitamins and minerals quality protein you might you should get to the weekend and go actually i've got energy i've lost a couple of pounds so let's not lose it at this point you can still have the odd treat but you can still learn how to put together a good plate of food that's going to fuel you that's going to be tasty that's going to make you feel satisfied by the end of it whereas so many diets are about depletion rather than optimal health one thing on, on cravings, we've talked a bit about cravings so far. If you, you know, have had a, a suboptimal diet for a number of years, presumably, I mean, everyone, again, I'm speaking as the late, complete lay person here, so always feel free to correct me, but your gut bacteria is going to vary wildly from person to person. Mm-hmm. And if you've just ate like loads of sugar, loads of carbs throughout your life, how much of the cravings is just that bad if you like gut bacteria saying we need some more of that and down here um again it comes down to the individual you've got to look at a number of other aspects it could be lots of antibiotics medication stresses those kind of things will also have a negative effect on your um or positive effect on your gut bacteria um if you have had quite a depleted diet, you're likely that there's more bad bacteria than good in some aspects. Again, if there's been lots of antibiotics, because they will wipe out the good and the bad. So you want to be mindful of that. You want to, if, if you've got good bacteria in there, you want to feed them. You want to give them what they need to help um, thrive. Um, and when you've got the good bacteria there, they help make energy in the body. They help with digestion, help make certain vitamins, B vitamins, vitamin K. Um, so the good bacteria has a real impact on our health. And again, even our mood. So our gut's massively connected to our brain, as our, they now say it's our second brain. And what's going on within the gut can have a negative or positive effect on how, how our mind works and how we think. If our gut's feeling a bit sluggish, or sometimes our mind can feel a bit sluggish or foggy. Um, but again, if, if gut health is working really well, that will also have a positive impact on our on our um, how we think. Um, so, yes, gut bacteria has has a, a positive or negative effect. So, if you've been eating simple carbohydrates, so lots of sort of sugary type carbs, and having quite a high sugar diet, probably feeling quite stressed and anxious, that kind of thing as well, that will. It, that's a great environment for the bad bacteria. What you want to do is reduce that have more sort of complex carbohydrates so fruits and vegetables they actually feed they're the they're the prebiotics that feed the probiotics or the beneficial bacteria um, and again that in turn will have a much more positive effect on on your health your your gut health has a an impact on your immune system has an impact on your energy your mood because we also make 90 percent of our serotonin in our gut which again is our sort of good mood hormone that then um, with that positive mind we just generally have a better day don't we um, but good serotonin also is converted into melatonin which then has a positive effect on our sleep as well um, so good mood good sleep good energy so you can see how everything has an impact and it's all connected for somebody like who wants to 
make improvements to their diet but obviously you know it's a minefield out there the internet's great but to find the correct information mm -hmm. um, is difficult and as you've alluded to already there's no there's no one perfect diet like it it totally depends on so many different factors so for somebody listening who wants to to begin to make small changes to their diet or even big changes what are some of the low-hanging fruits that you can do either in terms of what you're going to bring into your diet or what you're going to remove from it um, I think it's important to put things in before you start removing things um, because sometimes, you know, if your diet is quite minimal anyway and you start removing things because you're trying to be healthy, you kind of go, oh my goodness, you know, you just go, um, I, I can't eat anything. You know, so you've got to focus on the positive, focus on what you can eat. Um, so, you know, increase your vegetables. So if you eat, maybe look at what you're having. If you're having two vegetables a day, increase it to three you know, if you don't eat any fruit, have one piece of fruit a day. You know, make simple changes. Don't make them unrealistic. Don't give yourself silly goals going to go from two vegetables a day to eight vegetables a day. It's not realistic and you'll have a bit of a, you know, you'll hit a wall and just go, oh, I can't do this. You know, keep it all realistic within your remit. And that's, again, I have these conversations regularly in clinic and it's very much about that individual. So if I have someone who's coming in and they're eating cornflakes for breakfast, a ham and cheese sandwich for lunch and fish and chips for dinner, and, and it does happen, and you know and you're going okay where can we put some vegetables in there let's just put some vegetables in maybe we can put in a little bit of more water maybe we want to reduce some of the caffeine and that's kind of just making small changes and again it's a conversation I have with clients what are they willing to do with with compromise they have to be willing to do and um, make those changes but they often are that's why they're here um, but it, it, it's small realistic changes and then once you've done that you've kind of got that under your belt you take it another step so maybe every week you just reassess it or you know try one new recipe a week maybe it's you know instead of having chicken every day have, have salmon one day a week you know it's just small achievable realistic changes that will have a positive impact on the long term because your nutritional habits will give you long-term results they're not quick fixes so the fact that it might take you a year to get from two vegetables to six vegetables a day that's fine you're continually improving and making steps to go in the right direction i guess a, a big part of your job will be trying to implement new habits in people's lives which can be difficult if you obviously try and do too much too soon so what are some of the sort of quick wins that you're able to, to sort of give to people to, just to let them see that early sense of progression when they start focusing on their diet? Some changes you'll see quite quickly. So um, generally from, from when I see clients, there's normally about three to four weeks between visits. So it is making, giving them a couple of changes and going, let's just focus on this. So again, instead of having two vegetables, let's up it to three or four. So that's their focus. That's all they've got to do in that week and maybe up a little bit more water and maybe cut out some of the, the caffeine, for instance. And when they come back in three or four weeks later, it is a conversation over, well, these, this is the, the symptoms that you came in with let's go back to them and see what's improved is your energy a little bit better are you still getting those energy slumps and quite often they're not and they're going yeah all i did was eat a few extra vegetables a day i drank a bit more water and some people it is just wow you know just by drinking more water the improvement's incredible so small changes can have a real big impact and that's you know we don't have to go fermenting things we don't have to sprout things to see health impacts we just have to do the small things you know eat regularly 
reduce the stimulants, you know, um, listen to the body, listen to what it's telling you. If you're thirsty, have a drink of water. Don't avoid it. Don't say, I've got not got enough time to drink water because it will give you more mental clarity. It will give you more energy and it will get you through the day much better. So those little changes can have a huge impact. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of Organic Life, a podcast for those interested in eating and living in a healthier, more sustainable way. We'll be hearing more from Carrie throughout the remainder of this season, and you'll find a link to her work at Strive in the episode show notes over at organiclife.me. And one last wee thing, if you're enjoying the podcast so far, please take a moment to share it out on your social media or with someone you think might like or benefit from it. We'd appreciate that a lot and it'll help us to keep bringing you these conversations on an ongoing basis. Thanks again and see you on the next episode.